from the city that has always been the epicenter of music. The established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. You want to talk about legends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we got them in the house today. I'm saying it, Rod, you're a living legend. Proof positive? Oh, we're going to dive into that. Plus, uh, we're going to talk about the evolution of blues. We're going to talk about what it takes to be the blues. We're going to talk about the album that is the blues, or I should say, a tribute to the Bobby Blue Bland. Uh, It's all being discussed. That so much more. Uh, We talk to Rod Bland next. I'm excited. Sending vibes for generations. This is the Memphis Reverb. The man, the myth, the legend. He's turning into the legend, I should say. Rod Bland in the house, man. What's going on, brother? You look good, man. What do you do, lift? Uh, You're huge. (laughs) No, I am a proponent of kickboxing fitness classes from, uh, I, uh, been doing that since 2015 at Memphis fitness kickboxing, uh, the one in Midtown, uh, the one out East on Quince. Yeah. And since March of this year, I've also started teaching a couple classes here and there. So you're a big dude, man. (laughs) Like you look like you still play like in the NFL or something. I'm a little dude. I'm a little pudgy, like a doughboy. (laughs) (laughs) I know my place. (laughs) No, I, um, I used to lift weights uh, growing up. You know, tried to play football in high school. Yeah, and not really a recipe for success. If if you're a musician, you know, you should yeah. be playing football. But um, why is that so <clears throat> frowned upon? Because I was a band nerd, and it was like you either you choose your lane in high school. You are either going to do music, mm-hmm. or you are going to do the athletics. So in my case, like I didn't join uh, the band. Mm-hmm. In high school, uh, for reasons just as you said, but um, you know, the football players, you know, they get the pretty girls, you know, right? yeah, right. Right. get their attention, right? So I attempted to garner some attention. Uh, I played a little bit, not much, you know, enough to get a letter jacket, and uh, hey, it's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I played. Um, I did more my sophomore year and played a little bit my junior year, senior year. I just, you know, didn't see much playing time. No, no yeah. real dirt on the Jersey, but you know, Hey, you suited up. Yeah, I did. It's I half made, the battle, man. I, I was at practices and games and stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Beautiful. um, well, that kind of leads me into, did you feel pressure to play music? I mean, your dad is obviously <laughs> Bobby Blue Bland. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like, Oh man, I, I I can't. You know, Dad's done it, been there, done that. Now I have shoes to fill, kind of thing. Like, did you ever feel that? Well, the thing with me and music was, I fell in love with it. You know, practically before I could like walk. <laughs> right. Right. So I always had a just. I was in. I was just enthralled with drums. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't choose drums. They chose me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like as a, as a, as a baby, two and a half, three, I would get all the pots and pans out of my grandmother's uh, <laughs> cabinet. Right. Or right. Get the long wooden handle spoons. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I would actually, I had such an imagination that I would assemble these pots and pans as a drum like kit. A kit. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it would wake my dad up 
<laughs> during his you know naps or whatever. And, right. Um, he's been playing out all night, and all of a sudden you bang yeah, or in the kitchen banging in there. Yeah, you know, just getting home from uh, like a run or a tour or whatever, and right. I'm in there like uh, keeping up a whole lot of the racket. Right. So it went from. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, no, it's a, I, it's as it's, a father it, of three kids. I I I know it both perspectives. <laughs> this is funny. So. I migrated from pots and pans to like furniture. Mm. So I'd go into the living room or den and still the long handled spoons. And I'd take the chairs with the cushion, right? Mm-hmm. And the armrests and the back. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd pull one over. That's my throne to sit down on. And I'd get maybe one or two more. And the arms that would connect to the back, the arms would serve as symbols. Like, yeah. you know, the left side would be the hats and going up a little bit would be like a crash. Mm-hmm. And then on this side, or if I was feeling really jazzy, that backboard, the you know, that'd be my ride. That'd be my ride symbol. There you go. And then like the actual cushion kid, you know, stair, tops, floor, Tom. See, kids, you don't need a full kit. All you need is a is a lazy boy. Because it does. Uh, that Not so much a lazy boy. We're talking like actual dinner table chairs. Oh, 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 I yeah, see. Yeah, we, we were using, I was using those. Yeah. And again, that sat really well with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, I, I get right, it. Pal. <laughs> I need, to, I need, let me get, let me get you some drums because I'm, I'm buying kick, I'm buying cookware. Yeah. I'm right. having to refinish uh, furniture <laughs> and you're just, you know, okay, let me get you up. <laughs> and my grandmother, his mother, granny, as I called her growing up, would always have my back. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. said, leave them alone because one day you're going to need them. So she spoke it into fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, she saw the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. So that's how I ended up, you know, becoming a drummer. Do you feel the pressure though? I wasn't their pressure. I wasn't feeling any form of pressure whatsoever up until I decided I wanted to put out a tribute record Mm. or do something, you know, to show my love and my appreciation for his body of work that he's done. Um, The first attempt at this was at showing appreciation towards him was for his 80th birthday. Right. Uh, he had an 80th birthday party at the Samstown Casino uh, that was attended by B.B. King and Lattimore, Bobby Rush, Millie Jackson. All these people, by the way, are Jay like Blackfoot. part of your family. I mean, B.B.'s like, what, a godfather or something? He's my godfather. I mean, or, and and <laughs> in his words, he was my, my other dad, my second dad. Yeah. I mean, that, right, so you're talking everyone, about family members at yeah, this point. Right? Yeah, extended family. And um, there's a concert. Uh, it was put on by uh, Julius Lewis and Heritage Entertainment. So... You know, I Big wanted deal. to be I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And not from the standpoint of being in his band and, you know, waiting around till it's time for him to take the stage. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I uh, created something called Rod Bland and Friends. Mm. And it was literally my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my longtime childhood friend, Patrick Dodd, joined me on guitar and vocals Kelly McDonald, my bass player that you can see me with in a lot of different musical outfits. Um, he played bass. Grant Garland, another close friend, played guitar and, vo- and, and sang as well. 
And then we had, I had, I had my buddy Kirk Smithart, who's a close friend and who my dad thought thinks the world of. Uh, he came in and, and played a couple songs uh, front of the band. And then Rusty Lemon even came in and did wow. the... Um, that song Good Day for the Blues by Storyville. Yeah. Uh, you know, mainly because it's a good day for Bobby Blue Bland, right? Right, right. So, unfortunately, we played this entire cool set. My dad wasn't in the building. No, he didn't hear it. So, I'm outside. Were you uh, crushed? You had to have been crushed. I didn't know that he was not inside because okay. it was so, you know, it was dark. Well, yeah. So it's like we were there, uh, the legit opening, opening act, or if, like, if you're talking like wrestling, we were, we were curtain jerkers, right? Right. So. What year was this? This was 2010. Okay. On his birthday, January 27th, 2010. Yeah. So I'm outside the, the, the theater ballroom or whatever, <laughs> and here he comes, you know, and he cleared his throat aggressively and said, uh, <clears throat> hey, my man. Aren't you supposed to be on uh, inside that room on stage uh, getting ready to go to work, entertaining me? I said, we just finished. Yeah. And he put his hand up and stopped, you know, them, you know, pushing him in his wheelchair. What do you mean you just finished? I s- we just finished. Yeah. I was told to go on at, at, you know, this time. And, well, who told you to do that? <laughs> and, it's all you know, thing now. I was, I you know, kind of. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> who's the closest scapegoat? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't a scapegoat. It's like the man that told me what time to take the stage. Yeah, and um, right. and he, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I uh, you want to go up and, and do a few more? So we basically took uh, eight, maybe ten song set mm-hmm. and dwindled it down to like four songs. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, basically like... Uh, you just took an intermission as well, you did. No, what we did was we did a reshoot. All <laughs> yeah, um, again. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> we thought we had a good scene in for a movie and come back. No, we got to take take two. We got to do this again. Yeah. So, you know, he was able to hear us do Yolanda, Love Light. Um, I think we did Ain't Nobody's Business, his, his version of that. Mm-hmm. Ain't Nobody's Business. And... Um, Dust got in daddy's eyes mm. and like, he didn't know that I knew that one. That's, yeah. that's, a, uh, dust got in daddy's eyes. His version of, um, his version of, uh, I just said it and I quickly forgot it. I ain't nobody's business. What I do. Right. Right. Uh, those were quote unquote deep cuts. Right. Right, so he was happy. At, at this point, is his it, did did he react? Like, is he? Are you looking over at from, him? Like again, I'm behind drums. I'm on stage, right, and like right. I'm on a on a riser. And I think there is absolutely no place in blues music for a freaking drum riser. <laughs> now, if you're playing like you know Pearl Jam or Dave Matthews or sure. Sting, Carter even, Buford's up there, and that yeah, makes sense. Carter, right? Carter needs to be on a riser, like because he needs to not only survey the the land, but also have the land survey him as well. Sure. So, well, he's calling the shots up there. Well, Dave's calling shots, but you know, <laughs> Car- Carter's firing. Oh, come shots. on! <laughs> that, hey, you I'm can calling. drive the bus, and you can be the engine of the bus. All right. So, I'm just saying. So, um, <laughs> we're gonna get along great. Um, so. We went up and and did the thing, and um, I think it was when I approached the mic and 
somewhere through the show or as uh, my mom, myself and other family members, my mom's not one for public speaking. Mm -hmm. And me as the son, you know, I'm going to, you know, you got to. So you got to. You know, uh, I get I get so much flack for being such a wrestling fan, being a mark, if you will. I cut a promo, and um, I don't remember everything I said, but I remember my my go home was. You always said that uh, we were your source of inspiration and and pride. Tonight, we get to show you that you are ours and. I saw a video of it and wow it uh that's powerful dude yeah it 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 it, it <laughs> some, d- some dust got in my dad's eye <laughs> yeah because he, he uh he took his towel uh-huh and uh covered his face for a little bit you know got in his uh his, his eyes his tear ducts and everything and I was dusty in there I mean went, a little bit a yeah, little bit yeah. so like I remember pollen was really heavy around January right yeah, especially in <laughs> Robinsonville, Mississippi, right? right. In Tunica. <laughs> so, you know, I remember uh I didn't uh I didn't walk off stage on the steps like on the side or whatever to go back to get ready. I uh, you know, my mom was walking down the steps to the fr- uh to where he was sitting and I just made a beeline right to him and I um I put my arm and uh my hand on his shoulder. Mhm. And then, you know, it, it looked like I put him in a chokehold, but I just, I just, I just put my head behind his shoulder blade and back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said some things to him where no one could hear, but to him mm-hmm. and, uh, we'll just we'll let that stay there. Yeah. Um, beautiful moment. One of two times that I know I made my dad cry. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware that those were tears of joy and, and happiness. Just a, um, a immense, pr- like a proud moment. I mean, that's gotta be. Yeah. I, I, I could say as a dad, if I saw my son taking up the mantle, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden, bam, not killing it. I mean, not, not doing a good job, killing it. And all it was, was just, you know, I, I, um, it was the first time I spoke, uh, to him, for him, on his behalf at an event. And the second time, he received some award from Just Blues at what they call the Old Daisy mm-hmm. Beal. Yeah. Across the street from the new one. Right. Right. <laughs> but at an angle. <laughs> so, so I went up. Um, I was on actually on a gig. And uh, the president was like, hey, man, can you, you come, like, accept this award, blah, blah, blah. You know, so... I went up and accepted the award and, you know, I definitely don't remember what I said because, you know, I was on a gig and I was like going back and forth between a gig and to where he was, you know, trying to be in two places at once. And uh, I just know that uh, at the end when I came downstage to hand him his award, uh, there's a photo that was captured of me and him both like... Trying to fight back tears, you know. Mm, it looked like I uh, beautiful. Yeah, it looked like I was. You know, I'm holding his hand, and it looks like I'm mm. you know, doing the making that face and everything. And right. he's, you know, he's doing his best to hold back his as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. I, I love those moments, uh, especially like those are so genuine. Like you can't recreate that, or 
it's damn near impossible mm-hmm. to recreate that in any sort of way. And and I think just because you have that, that's and and plus, I mean, like I said, your whole family is right there, and your family is just so happens to be legends. Yeah, uh, you know, and and that's pretty cool. Now, now though, <laughs> it's you. And you are yeah, holding me. you are holding this torch, and and I don't want to say like oh yeah well just rod whatever, but you're holding this torch with the members only band now, right? Yeah, and you got this thing going. Uh, the the new album out is is the uh, live on Beale Street, a tribute to Bobby Blue Bland, mm-hmm. your dad, and I gotta know, does a little bit of the new you, the younger vibe Bland start to leak into the old is there a new blues feel i don't know if i would call it a new blues feel uh, because i'm when it comes to especially bobby blue bland bobby bland blues in that sense of the word i'm a purist Mm -hmm. so like with the songs that made the final cut to the on the EP which uh, is going to be available on Nola Blue Records globally. I want to talk about this too globally yeah. Friday the 16th yeah. um, the songs that we played that we recorded live at BB's two years ago my interpretation all stems from how we played those songs live with him mm, okay so like, like, for example, like the lead single was sit on the poor man's throne. Okay. We, I decided to take elements of the original studio version and mold it with how we would do it live. Okay. But you know, with a slight twist and, 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 well, and blues is hard. Blues is hard to nail down in the sense that it is such a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. When you're playing, it's, it's less like. Music in general, but definitely blues. It's less formulaic, a, yeah. if you will. You know, there, there's a lot of room to explore this, the soundscape. There's, It's almost like jazz that you can improvise, right. but you really shouldn't. <laughs> okay. You know, you should right. like, like if you, um, if you have a map mm-hmm. of where you're supposed to go. Stay on that dotted line. Yeah. You know, not saying that you can't zigzag in between the lanes mm-hmm. you really shouldn't zigzag period because you could get pulled over on the road do you get a, a, right? do you get upset when you're on peel uh obviously i mean it's a dime a dozen right um and and most of those artists who are playing on Beal have probably learned a thing or two from from people who you call family uh do you sit there though and when they are taking detours if you will on in the music do you sit there and say Oh, man. Why? Who have, who have you been talking to? <laughs> it's a question. I'm a music nerd. You have to understand. Like, I, this is what I do. I, I like, hear with my my eyes. and Like, I hear bands take liberties. We'll, we'll, we'll just say liberties. We'll right. say liberties with songs. I, 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 I walked across... Do you ever hear people taking liberties with your dad dad songs and you're like, what are you doing? A couple different times, but you know, his his music is not quote unquote typical blues. It's not one four five. You can't just mm-hmm. and no disrespect to, you know, you know, BB King or Elmore James or Buddy Guy. You know, it's the 
my dad's stuff, like especially the early era Duke, mm-hmm. was big band. It things were structured. There was like, well, you had to be. signature <laughs> intros, yeah. signature endings, and there were certain elements that were crucial that needed to have been played. Right. You know, you can't right. just gloss over it. You can't just re reimagine what the backbeat's going to be for the drum. No, you have to. There's no such thing as replicating perfection mm-hmm. with what uh, someone else has done, but you want to try to maintain some semblance of normalcy of the song. Right. You know, put yourself into the song. Yes. Sure. You have to feel it, but, but don't don't like. Don't muck it up to the point where like it's unrecognizable. That's a very PG way of saying. It. Yeah, muck, M U C K. Like you know, it, PG thirteen is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I try to. You well, know. listen, hey, you know, hey, and if this sounded like a lesson uh, learned, it, it's true. You are a teacher in school of rock. I mean, this is the yes. kind of stuff that you would, you know, kind of put out there to a student. You're like, you know, who's probably sitting there saying, okay, well. Teach me, oh wise one, you know, and mm, they never say a oh, wise one, but um, they should. <laughs> no, nah, no, the jury's out on that. But um, <laughs> school like, of rock has got to be a cool experience, though, right? It really is. Uh, there's some. I have been fortunate to have such a well-rounded group of kids um, that I actually call my kids. Uh, to work with, like you know, there was one kid. God bless him, and I won't name him by name, but he would hit so hard <laughs> all the time. And these practices will, you know, we have a one on one 45 minute lesson, and, you know, we're using headphones, playing music, you know, playing along with it. Sure. And then I would get these reports about, him being in rehearsal with the the programs and the bands, like, oh my God, he's just like nailing it. So I'm like killing drum heads. I'm like, bro. <laughs> bro. You know? Maybe maybe you metal gotta, is his thing. <laughs> and surprisingly, he would tell me no, but he would nail all the Metallica stuff. And yeah. then you put, you know, Michael Jackson's um I want to rock with you. Yeah. And like, you know, he can, he would, he would nail it, but he was still stiff. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, bro, you gotta, you gotta calm down. Okay. Look, I get it. You're young. You have a lot of energy. (laughs) So my dad would say to me sometimes when I was like that age or, and, and younger and like, I was, you know, always on 10 ready to go. You are killing everybody in the room and not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. Like save some, put some in the tank kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when you, I want you to be 10 times better than me when it's your time to go pro. If that's what you decide to do, that's what I want for every kid that walks through room seven. It's my room. Mm -hmm. Um, The goal is for you to be better than me. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is by opening your ears mm. and listen to everyone around you that, that you're playing with. If you are so busy 
laying bricks and, and, you know, building a skyscraper, you know, you're going to like miss out on intricacies that all the other musicians are doing. Nuance. Dynamics. Like I I said, bro, you've got to learn dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. You do not have to be sky high all the time with volume. Right. The fortissimo just killing it. Just like, (laughs) you know, relax, bro. Yeah. And so, and we had a couple of blow ups where I was like, you know, I'm done. I, I'm not going to like do this. Mm-hmm. I get paid to do what you will learn, what you're trying to learn how to do. Right. Right. So, you know, and like, and it's it not got, enough. <laughs> it got to the, it, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It got to the point where like, um, I went to my, my, my GM and I said, look, this has been going on for a while and I've put up with it. And I'm like, Popeye, enough's enough. I can't stand no more. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had, we had a come to Jesus talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my GM had it with him. And then I had one with uh, the GM and his, and his mother. And, you know, all of a sudden the light switch, I wouldn't say just, yeah. Like that. Yeah. But you can tell that 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 bulb mm-hmm. it was dim and slowly but surely it's you know it would become brighter and brighter. And now I look at this kid. He's older. Mm-hmm. He has grasped the concept of I'm not an island to myself. Mm-hmm. Drums I, aren't the feature. Right, he's and he's, he's even more personable. With Sorry, this. that was a tick. I know. I was trying to let it go, but you know, as a horn player, that, that's that's okay. I'm, I'm right. I'm gonna write that down. But like, he's more personable with his with his bandmates. Like, mm. I see him engaging in conversation as opposed to being in a corner all alone. And 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 to an extent, I like my alone time too. Sure, but when you are in a band and you're in a practice, you, you got to interact with other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can always be, you know, to yourself, but make time to spend time. You don't have to like, you know, be up someone's nostrils and right. be, you know, sugary sweet. Just, you know, just engage. Sure. You know, art of conversation. Because music, music is conversation. Absolutely. I was about to say, you know, and at what point in, in your lessons do you sit back and you're like, oh my gosh, this is verbatim what so-and-so told me growing up. Like I, I, I vowed I would never be that or, you know, and, and here I am that. I've had, know? I've had a few like, you know, wow. <laughs> moments like they even even right. even even with this kid like i'm telling him <laughs> what they tried to beat into me you know um like you know calm down um mm-hmm. but like say <clears throat> my main thing that i always tell the kids when they're like oh man i can't get this lick or i'm, I'm i can't play this right this doesn't sound like that i said you're learning the song right yeah. No, okay. Okay. Uh, let's say it's you know Mr. Brownstone, right? Stephen Adler. Mm-hmm. I want to play just like him. Why? Yeah. He uh. already, he already did it. Yeah. There's yeah. already one Stephen Adler. We don't need to. Right. What you do is you do your best interpretation mm. and impression of what you heard him do, yeah. which is a cool thing about my EP 
the three singers uh, uh, that I'm blessed to work with, uh, Ashton Riker, mm -hmm. Chris Stevenson, and Jerome Chisholm, they are not trying to sound like my father. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to sound like my father. Right. Whoever, whoever I invite to come uh, be a guest vocalist on a Bobby Bland song uh, as played by Rod Bland and the members only band, I don't need nor want them to try to be blue. Right. Blue right. is not here. Blue has left. Well, he's done it. Yeah. You know, and to that point, you know, it, he's already done it. Right. The best way he did. Right. And and the way that, that that song was for. So to your point, don't do it like that. <laughs> do it. We we don't need like an updated version of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now we're gonna have an updated version of a song true. Mm -hmm. We're going to play it close to the hilt true. Or in my case, I'm going to play it how I played it with him. Yeah. And introduce people that have not had the the long tenure of playing his music with him that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, like the cool thing about the name, it's based on the fact that every musician that's on stage mm -hmm. in one way, shape, form or fashion has played with my father. That's really cool. So that's really cool. So it really is a members only band. Yeah. I got, I'm going to pick the members. Yeah. yeah. So for example, I'll, I'll run down um, <clears throat> the personnel, Chris Stevenson mm -hmm. on organ and uh, keys and, you know, vocals. Chris sat in with my dad uh, on this music Voyager episode he did with Will Tucker. Mm -hmm. Chris and I'm, and all along with uh, the late Randy Middleton, we were playing with Will Tucker. Mm -hmm. So the premise was my dad, Will Tucker, myself, we were at the Blues Foundation before it became what it is right now in the building. Right. Uh, Will had an acoustic guitar. My dad was there. Will brought a djembe for what? I don't know. <laughs> But you know they wanted me to like gym, they wanted me to you know be involved, so I was like okay. there. So we were doing further up the road, okay. And so Will on a djembe, djembe <laughs> was sh short lived, short <laughs> short used. Okay. Um, I, I was you know yeah even tempos and whatnot. So. Him and my dad were having this conversation and they were filming it and they were talking about, he was like, we'll play it. And my dad said, hold it. Wait a minute. And like, it kind of frustrated Will because he didn't want to muck it up in front of my dad. Cause Will has uh, unbeknownst to me until, you know, before this thing took place, mm -hmm. such a huge, profound love for my dad. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that level of respect and admiration and everything like that. It's, is yeah. All so, but like, you know, yeah. So my dad said, well, wait a minute now. Don't, don't get up. He could see Will was upset at himself. Mm -hmm. And my dad, you know, was like, oh, Hey, you're not going to jail. Relax. Calm down. That's another thing I tell all the kids when they're like, relax. Yeah. Relax. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It'll yeah. be all right. So anyway, they, you know, That's he, really ex good he explained to him, you know, to how he should try to feel it. Cause you can't tell someone how to feel. No, sure. And then, you know, 
they got it going on acoustic. So on the TV show, or if you see it on YouTube, it morphs from the three of us in this room at the, at the blues foundation to the three of us with Randy and Chris live on stage at BB's playing further up the road. Mm -hmm. That's Chris's membership. There you go. Okay. Let's move on to the rest of the rhythm section. Click his, click his ticket. So way back in 76, uh, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a member. We're good. We'll right. speed past me. Right. Jackie Clark on bass and Harold Smith on guitar, respectively. <laughs> the three of us did an impromptu trio gig with my dad. And if you know anything about my dad's music, trio, That's quartet. Yeah. That's five, uh, five piece, six. It ain't, that ain't going to get it. Yeah. Right. So how'd you pull this off? <laughs> well, my dad got roped into a situation. Come on, inspector gadget, pull some out. <laughs> he got roped into a situation. I just happened to walk in on the conversation mm -hmm. and, uh, I attempted to raise one eyebrow. It's, it, it doesn't, it, it looks really ridiculous when I try to do the, the people's eyebrow, but I was like, right. What is this? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have a band for you, and they're going to... Here we go. And he looked up at me, and I looked at him. And I said... <laughs> I don't trust this. Yeah. And he says, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, but I do trust you. And that's when I realized... Looks like I'm putting together a band. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was at the Gibson Lounge. And so I called on Jackie and Harold and, and they said, yeah. And I uh, said, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to play like a slow blues to bring them up. And then we're going to play like a shuffle. <laughs> then we're going to go into we're do Stormy Monday, which is going to morph into Drifting Blues, which means you pick up the tip. Yeah. Yeah. How many times do you do you end up doing that? Do you just like, okay, guys, you that know, was just the first, follow me. That was a, well, you know, it's hard to, for me to say follow me because I don't speak, I don't one. speak all in, uh, and proper musical terms and terminology, <laughs> okay, especially keys. Right. So, and then plus, you know, it got to the point where I, crap, somebody's <laughs> got to bring him on stage. Cause you know, he doesn't just walk out on, on a stage. Right. <laughs> right. So Jackie Clark, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome to, you know, uh, the world's uh, uh, Bobby Blue. Blue. Yeah. yeah, it's you know I don't remember exactly how he did it, but like, he was nervous when he did it. And, but we got through it, right? Yeah. So that's how they got their membership. Uh, Travel by fire with us, dude. Yeah, and they, they came <laughs> I think out. They got two memberships. They got, they got so like the thing with Harold. Harold comes from Chicago, Illinois, Wayne Bennett country, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Wayne Bennett was my dad's uh, longtime guitar player. That's the one that's playing the solo on Stormy Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, side note, they recorded Stormy Monday in one take. Damn. So. Um, I'm surprised more aren't like that because the blues is, well, I mean, to your credit, I mean, it is road mapped, but I'm surprised because it is that not too far off related to jazz and, and related to all that kind of, uh, that style that it, that most of it's not one take. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I like, just, where do you stop? Do you say, Oh, that's falling apart here now guys. You know, I mean like, so the thing is like blues or anything, you know, you rehearse the song, mm -hmm. how you're going to do it. You know, you figure out 
the structure. I'm the type of guy who wears the shoes that I'm going to perform in. Okay. So there's that. Okay, cool. It's a mental thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't preordain my shoes that I'm going to wear for. I'm a, I'm a weird kid. I mean, okay. It's, you know, do your thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but, but that's rehearsal for me. You know what I mean? Like I have to do it in order to accomplish it. Right. You know what I mean? So we, um, we got through that. Right. Yeah. And, um, Harold being such a student of Wayne Bennett who played with my dad, you know, he already knew the flavor that my dad would be looking for. And, you know, Jackie Clark is just such a student when it comes to bass. Like he's going to really dissect a song as thoroughly as he can possibly do. (laughs) And it just, like I said, it just worked out. And, um, the horn section, um, Kirk Smothers saxophone. He'd done a gig with my dad. Uh, I think it was for the blues ball way back in 2000, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as Scott Thompson, who also appears on the EP. And then Mark Franklin, who leads the horn section and is kind of the conductor when I can't, you know, do it myself. Shake a stick at him. Literally. Right. That's, that's three. That's three. That's three. (laughs) So, Mark and I have been friends uh, since we became fast friends because he played trumpet with my dad. We toured together. Um, we'd always hang out. We'd go eat. We'd play video games on the bus. And so uh, he's, he's like a close friend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mark was second trumpet in my dad's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Harden was first trumpet music director. So in this respect, Mark Franklin is my Joe Harden. Mm, He's okay. like my right hand. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's a it's a really cool thing to be able to have surviving members or members that have played in my dad's touring band. Sure. Uh, to be a part of this, yeah. and that's and that's the vibe that I've wanted. Yeah. Um, so the very first show we did. Um, the first show, the members only band show was in 2017 during the IBCs. Mm-hmm. And that was because in October, 2016, while trying to sleep in the Netherlands, but couldn't sleep. So I was surfing the internet on my <laughs> iPad. Gina Hughes from the galaxy agency, uh, was DMing me about participating in her showcase for 2017. And, you know, she's like, you can do a tribute to your dad. And I'm like, um, Oh yeah. You know, like who would I get? You want to talk about pressure. We're going back to that opening, you know, where we're talking about pressure. Is, is that what you were? Well, the, 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 what I was feeling apprehensive before what I was feeling was it's four in the morning in the Netherlands and I'm trying to sleep and I can't sleep. And now you, now you put this on my mind where I can't sleep any further. Right. Um, you know, the pressure for me reading that message was, I can find bodies to play their roles. The most important thing is who's going to step up to the mic and sing this stuff. Mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so minor little thing like, yeah, just, you know, no big deal. No pressure, bro. (laughs) Just sing uh, songs made famous by a man who, I had the moniker of the lion of the blues, the world's greatest blues singer, right. the boss of the, you know, no pressure <laughs> no at all. Pressure. No, Good. just, you know, 
Don't don't muck this up. Right. So and I settled on Stacy Mitchell, a close friend of mine and my dad's who love my dad, idolized my dad, did a lot of my dad's songs in his show. Songs that, you know, the average guy that would want to cover a Bobby Bland song wouldn't choose to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Chris Stevenson was there on keys, Harold Smith on guitar, Mark trumpet. I think I used Rick Dolan on trumpet that year. He also played with my dad. I love Rick Dolan. And uh, Art Edmiston played sax. Good you old know, Art. He, I love you know, Art too. Yeah. That was a that was the band I wanted. You know, at all times, guys that had played with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was trying to get Reggie Richards to come in. Mm. Uh, Reggie played bass for my dad from '88 to 2001, I think. Yeah. And then he was BB uh, King's last bass player. Yeah. Well, it didn't work out, and. Russell Jackson was going to be in town for IBCs. Russell played bass for BB in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Now my dad would sit in with BB with BB's band. So, you know, that's how we got Russell a membership <laughs> in the members only band. Yeah. So we did a six song set and it was cool. I got, you know, we got through it. I definitely had that, you know, that itch to want to play mm. his stuff mm. again and, and actually play some things that I never got to play and some things I want to play over some do overs. I want Yeah. Yeah. So then there was talk of him getting a statue and it being put down during the BMAs in May of that year. And, you know, okay, cool. We're just going to do a ceremony <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Right. So Gene and I put our heads together and we, um, they were doing BMA week, mm-hmm. which meant that Friday, the BMAs were Thursday, right? The hall of fame induction dinner was the night before Wednesday. So Friday was like, you know, taking over Beale street, like all the clubs were participating and they had, you know, featured artists that was either nominated, you know, something that was tied into the blues foundations, blues music awards. Right. So I was like, well, what, let's just do this at BB's do it, you know, tribute to Bobby blue bland. Right. And we had, Different uh, guest vocalists come in. Uh, for 17, I remember Sugar Ray Rayford, Janova Magnus, uh, the late Mike Ledbetter, uh, Monster Mike Walsh on guitar as well. And, you know, Chris sang some songs as well. And it's like a nice long <laughs> evening, you yeah. know, like a, like a one, like it was, a, it was a concert. It was a show, one set. And we were interchanging different, you know, vocalists and, you know. Do you prefer that? Just get it all out of the way kind of thing? Or do you prefer like... Not so much the whole get out of the way thing, but I do miss the concert vibe. Mm. Um, Like when I first started playing local gigs away from my dad, the whole... 7 to 11 or 8 to 12 on the one thing I'm thinking okay I show up around about whatever time and you know play for like X amount of time no you're playing like two or three sets yeah I wasn't prepared for that you know I got in shape quick because it it happened at such a relatively young time in my life But man, there's nothing like, you know, it's a marathon. Yeah. I mean, you get your breaks and stuff, but like, you know, when I'd play with my dad or play with BB, you you go up at 
eight and you're done by eight forty five or or nine or nine fifteen. Right. Like so, you. And know, that's if the sets go long. I mean, it just depends. Like if my dad and BB were together, sometimes we would do forty five or an hour. Yeah. Um, then BB does like an hour fifteen maybe an hour and a half, depending on his mood. Right. So, you know, you, you were prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite bands, Pearl Jam, they played a minimum of three hours. <laughs> right. Right. They might have two encore breaks, which, you know, is like, who's going to go to the bathroom? Who's going to go to the bathroom? Right. Let's revamp the set list. Yeah. Whereas As a like, Dave fan, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, only thing I don't like about Dave is that they play like a 16 or 18 song set list. Yeah. Now, granted, those 18 songs are like smashes, epic, uh, you know, performances, <laughs> right. you know, but like it, you it, might get a B, you might get a B in there. Might. You might get a B side. Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> but that's thrown like, in there. Like the Chili Peppers, they play like maybe a 15 or 16 song set. Yeah. Pearl Jam, they average like 30. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you know? Get your money's worth. Well, you know, I, I've i only paid to see Pearl Jam once. Well, you know, but he, I've, I've, people I've, get their money's I've, worth. I've, I've seen them several times. <laughs> Normal people. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a fortunate friend. <laughs> right. Fortunate son. Right. No, um, but I'm saying like, so with the three previous shows we've done, three and a half counting the IBC, 17, 18, 19, we would do one long thing. So with this release show that we're doing this Sunday coming up, we're going to, you know, we don't have the BMAs as a built-in crowd. Right. Right. So we have Rod Bland, son of Bobby Blue Bland, releasing his debut record, his live EP. Okay. We're going to have to do flip the script a little differently because mm-hmm. we're going to, uh, we were considered by management as headlining the night. Mm. So like, you know, there's going to be a couple bands playing in the day. Yeah. It's a and, safe bet that you're the headliner though. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, we're like in that time slot from yeah. 7 PM to 11 PM, but let's look at the people on, on the stage with you. Right. I mean, you just rattled off the members only, right. Who, who have punched their ticket with the legends. Yeah. And and now you're sitting there going, well, who else would we get? I mean, like, thing. you know, let's not forget that uh, Jerome Chisholm, who holds it down at BB's Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, the man can work a crowd. And sure. he's he's like so gifted when he comes to singing. Right. And but um, it is his family, the legends. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have literal family members that are, 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 you know, I don't know. I think he called me cousin once. So I think maybe somehow <laughs> we're, we're in there. I've been called cuz too. And you know, I listen. mean, I call Chris Stevenson cousin. <laughs> and, 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 what's up cousin? Hey cousin. Hey, cousin. So, uh, no, um, but I'd be, uh, I'd be hard pressed to find a, better group of people to pardon me this is going to be the best sound ever <laughs> zoa sip your zoa and go um i'd be hard pressed to find a better group of musicians to work with mm-hmm. and i got a couple of surprise special guests coming in too well, there you go i mean th- that's what i'm saying like there is no one else to headline this thing I mean, seriously. And uh, of course, we're talking about the 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 new album, the live on Beale Street, a tribute to Bobby Blue Bland. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to go uh, and and what's next? What what is what is next for like what where do you go from here kind of thing? Cuz it's not just going to be tribute after tribute. It's not going to be you know rehashing the old. And and where I want to go with this is it, you know artists like uh, Gary Clark Jr. Right. Uh-huh, my boy, my buddy. You know what I mean? Like there he, he's sitting out there and he's he just won the what the Grammy for the 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 blues something, right? Mm-hmm. And but you hear it and you're like, is that blues anymore? Like that's where I'm what's next for for Rod Bland? So what's next for me, uh, and to be honest with you, I'm not gonna hang my hat on an EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to I'm, use it as a stepping stone, right? Exactly. Yeah. Get out of my head. It's a lonely <laughs> place for you to be. <laughs> so. You're a drummer. I can read you. <laughs> that's four. <laughs> so, you know. I had to make a common time. Come on. Four and a half. There you go. So my dad passed away, in my opinion, not getting all his flowers Mm. Is his due. That's fair. I agree with you. Lifetime Achievement Award winner from the Grammys. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. Mm-hmm. That's great. Right. Uh, Blues uh, Hall of Fame inductee. That's great. <clears throat> Did he ever get a Grammy? No. That's right. not great. Well, and I was just about to say the Lifetime Achievement thing, right, from the mm-hmm. Grammys. I... I don't want to call it a cop out because to a certain degree, it's, it's very warranted, very much so. Right. But was it a little hindsight 2020 kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, Hey, uh, when we, when, uh, uh, you know, you, you get these big artists, we're just tired of giving you awards. So we're just going to give the lifetime achievement award and be done. You know what I mean? So I'll say this. There were a couple of times where I personally felt some of the offerings that he uh, recorded from Malico should have gotten a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for example, there's a record he put out called Midnight Run, which stayed on the charts. Uh, it won an award for the the longest placement on Billboard. Right. Uh, I forgot the the total, but. You know that I, I felt like that should have won one. Um, the, was the, he upset with this? Or did a, he ever that's voice a, that's, that? That's the thing. Um, as long as he was able to record, go out to go to work, he was able to make sure that uh, the roof was over our head. Mm-hmm. We were fed, and you know, had what we needed. Everything else was secondary to him, if mm-hmm. not non-existent. He didn't need the hardware on the mantle. Exactly. Yeah. Me, on the other hand. Give me some hardware, man. No, I mean, like, not, not give it to me, but I want him to get, you know, the yeah. recognition and notor- notoriety, notoriety, excuse me. But at this point, it is you. It is you, man. <laughs> to an extent, yes, it is me. It, yeah. it will be me. After the mission statement is completed, mm. um, as in while building a career for myself, I just want to make sure that before I close my eyes, 
uh, that my daughter has something to to uphold as well. Maybe not in the musical sense, mm-hmm. but to uphold as far as her grandpa's legacy, her father's legacy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because let's face it, blues is a type of genre that is not going to be relative in a pop sense. You're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to have your blues purists that are going to help sure. keep that genre thriving. And I you think know. your pure blues. Yes, you're right. Because I mean, you do see going back to Gary Clark going, you know, in the roots while they pay homage to the blues, but they're it, not blues. Yeah, it's not blues. Right. And see, like if you, anyone that knows me, um, you know, my, my, my playlist is very eclectic. So <laughs> well, we're going to get into this top five, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you Not know, right in my playlist that I u- utilize for, uh, when I teach my kickboxing fitness class, mm-hmm. I go from zero to like, what in the hell is it? You know, <laughs> I got, I got some sound garden. I got some pearls. I got some guns and roses. We are friends, aren't we? I got Metallica. <laughs> I got, I got some Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. We are weird. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, I got, uh, Bell Bib DeVoe's above the, I just, it, it, the groove is great. Yeah. And like the beat and I got, that song Hysteria by Muse. Oh man, we are friends. <laughs> uh, I got some Allison Chains. Yeah. Um, I got uh, I got Gary's uh, cover of Come Together and um, oh that just, Beatles that Beatles album that he did was I thought it was great. Yeah. So like I mean I just I, and I have such a vast array of different influences. So <laughs> you know after I feel like I'm. Uh, satisfied with the work I do and garnering more attention and flowers for him, you know, then I will begin to, you know, let the, let people in on like what makes me tick as a musician, as an artist, because it's not, it's not just blues. I'm yeah. Yeah. A a vast part of my music DNA is centered around blues, but you know, blues had a baby and they named it what rock and roll. roll, Right. Right. So, you know, I got some, some heavy rock influences. Like some of my favorite drummers, uh, are rock drummers, quote unquote, rock drummers, uh, Matt Cameron, David Abrazis, Jack Mm -hmm. Iron, Shet Smith, John Bonham, Matt Sorum, um, you know, Chad Smith, you know, I just, I have such a, and those, that's the short list. Right. Right. You can go on. John Tempesta, (laughs) right? you know, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, you know, and the cool thing, like Taylor Hawkins went like from Alanis Morissette Mm. to Foo Fighters. Right. So, you know, I love some Alanis Morissette stuff. Like I never, I don't have anything that that Taylor recorded with her, mm-hmm. but, uh, that song uninvited, I just like my favorite songs ever, sure, sure. you know, uh, it's nice to play uh, when you're alone with a woman. Uh, <laughs> As I, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I saw that movie city of angels and you know, <laughs> it's, it's stuck with me. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna, you have places to go. I do. And, uh, I'm going to take, I was wondering if you would you would stick with the with the roots though, and and go with like you know like uh, the um, Dilbert Mc um, Dilbert McClinton McClinton right like blues is such a like, big part of my like I said my my music DNA so anything that I do musically there's going to be you know it's going to be rooted there yeah right. you know but it's not going to be planted 
and will stay there. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of my favorite, like, you know, rock tunes, uh, from Aerosmith or Zeppelin, uh, even Sabbath derived from blues, right? you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, well, especially I, after they came here. Yeah. You know, I mean, those albums that, you know, basically just materialized, yeah. we'll say, after a, a stint to Memphis, uh, it, it definitely felt a different vibe, mm-hmm. we'll say, you know. All right. So uh, that's something to look forward to, we'll say. We hope. We hope. Yeah, yeah. no, I think so. I don't want to be presumptuous. You've got uh, the, uh, uh, it's released now. It's out now with uh, NOLA Blue Records, this little partnership thing, right? Yeah. Now, the common theme across the board on the show seems to be, and, we're, and I talk to like new artists and, and, you know, kind of stuff like that. Record labels just don't seem to be the thing. So why partnership with one? Well, for one thing, they uh, they're gonna have access to avenues mm. that are not going to be readily accessible to me. Okay, they're going to have because on the surface, and there's, this is the reason why it's brought up all the time. And I don't want to cut you off, and I'll let you finish. But the, on the surface, that feels like it is. Because of the internet, because Mm -hmm. there is that just array of people that you can hit, but not so, right? Not necessarily. Um, It was a situation where a partnership for me with Nola Blue was going to serve to be beneficial for all parties involved. Mm. Okay, with me, I'm going to get support and guidance, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. into certain avenues Okay, that I or members of my team that I'm trying to associate myself with may not, like I said, have that, you know, pick up the phone, easy access, mm-hmm. um, privy to. That's fair. So the beneficial thing, in my opinion, to Nola Blue is the fact that my dad's name. Right. Bobby Blue Bland. Right. Okay. In addition to that, and it's a tribute to, to Bobby Blue Bland, it's a tribute by his son, by his blood. Right. Right. This is not like Brody Scott is a fan of Bobby Blue Bland and recorded a Bobby Blue Bland a tribute album. Right. Yeah. It, you know, and, and, and it's not a cover album. This is a tribute album. This is right. completely different. However, it's still a cover album because <laughs> I'm covering right. his works. Yeah. But, you know, you get the rub, if you will, uh, from what they can do to benefit you, help you to benefit from a relationship. And then in turn, they get that rub from you about, you know, being able to utilize such, uh, you know, an endearing brand, Mm -hmm. the brand Bobby blue bland. Right. And so like, like I said earlier, this is all about, um, increasing the visibility. Mm hmm. 
and continuing the thriving of his brand. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you, when the average person thinks of blues, they're going to think first thing first, BB King. Yeah. Okay. They're going to think, buddy guy. Okay. They're going to think Albert King. They may even think, you know, Elmore Jane. However, all of those amazing iconic artists, they all had an instrument. Yeah. A prop, if you will. Sure. My father's prop, his instrument was his voice. Right. And, you know, he kind of paved the way for like, blues to not be so much one four five format and you know weepy or guitar driven like you know it was vocal driven mm-hmm. he told he, he he really painted a picture for you and illustrated things and made you feel things that you probably didn't want to feel right. or didn't know how to feel and how did you feel them you don't know what to do with these feelings <laughs> right <laughs> Well, in the sense that, you know, at least lyrically and in, in somewhat, you know, blues had that um, uh, old uh, country kind of feel to it where, you know. And he used to listen to country a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it they kind of went hand in hand, at least lyrically, um, where everything was real sad. Everything was just, you know, down depressing. And it's just it, it, it got a little stereotypical kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you this then, uh, and and this is kind of going to tie what you've got coming out soon, maybe, and uh, what's out there now is that blues also had that thing where it was very, hey, this is what's happening in the world. We're singing about it in a a pseudo sort of way, much like reggae did. Right. Right. Uh, How is it or how would it be to record a blues album today? God to write your own new stuff, you know, and, and and I don't, I know Gary's doing his thing, but so here's the thing about blues. It's a feeling, right? Sure. Um, What are you feeling right now? Would it, I mean, right now I'm feeling I'm hungry. Uh, (laughs) So I got, I got the tops right outside. I got, I got, I got the blues about that. Right. But you know, and I'm not going to steer this towards politics, but it plays its part though. Right. True. So look at the plight of people that lost their livelihood during this pandemic. Right. That in and of itself, those experiences, you know, could produce a blues song. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sitting at home for like eight years or I guess it was just one, but, you know. I mean, those, <laughs> those, those months isolated at home with like, you know, no facial human interaction aside from the people that are in your home. Right. If you're lo- if you're fortunate enough to have people in your home, you know, they, yeah, that's enough to drive you crazy and insane. So, right. you know, if you have like a guitar at home, you can like strum and try to like piece something together. Um, then of course you got, you know, the racial injustices and just, mm-hmm. you know, the blues per se and the feeling and what it means, that will never die. Right. Because even like, you can be the most anti blues person. Mm hmm. 
Right. But you still got the blues. Sure. Sure. You know, because it's a feeling. It, yeah. And whether you choose to accept it or, you know, or admit that you got it, you got it. Mm-hmm. My dad did a song uh, called You Always Got the Blues. Uh, and uh, the chorus, I remember, um, oh boy, once you got them, you always got the blues. And, you know, it's on his uh, his album, Get On Down With Bobby Bland, which is a country album, mm-hmm. like straight country. Um, it, he covered Merle Haggard's Today I Started Loving You Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Fingerprints Showed Up On Skin, I, run a, I Wonder Who's I'd Find On You. Yeah. I Hate You. I Hate You. <laughs> you know, um, like... It's just it's 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 a it's it's amazing that in any facet of life there's a song that my dad has covered that will cover you. Mm-hmm. You know? Um yeah. so in this modern time to bring it back to what you asked me, what would it be like to write a blues song? I don't I don't know because I've never attempted to write a blues song. Mm-hmm. But I know I've written down some notes about what happened today or what happened yesterday and as we've stated many a time so far talking blues is a feeling right rock is a feeling sure country is a feeling i think jazz would be a mood (laughs) i think jazz i think jazz would be a mood (laughs) yeah hip hop rap that's also a feeling Mm -hmm. but it can also be a mood right like I mean, right? Think about um, was that, uh, was that group Diggable Planets? Yeah, that's such a cool vibe. Right, that's a mood. Yeah. Okay, now you listen to uh, anything by Jay Z from the from the Black Album, mm-hmm. like that, like the the song Ninety Nine Problems. Right. That's a mood. Yeah. But it's also a feeling. Yeah, I could I I could see that I <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. But I would say that most quote unquote modern music deals more in the realm of the want to be feeling, but it's more of a mood. You know what I mean? It it, yeah. it tries to be the feeling, but it, it is such a mood that can change at the drop of a hat. Song to song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas when you are talking about an album of blues, you could go album to album and that's the only way you're going to change that mood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it is such a feeling. Yeah. You know, I think they, they call those uh concept albums, right? Right. Something like that. Like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to talk concept albums, um, my dad's album dreamer to me, as I got older and understood mm-hmm. or began to understand things, um, about life, that album dreamer is a concept album to me. It's yeah. a relationship album. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, you know, it, it, it starts out with a heartbreak. Yeah. And then it takes you through the stories, uh, like, like the first song, Ain't No Love in Heart of the City, you know. Um, and flow of the relationship. Yeah. It, it, that song in, in and of itself tells you the story of a, of, of a breakup. You know, it just it starts out, you're broken up. Mm-hmm. And then he takes you back, you know, to like the beginning of the relationship and how he felt. And, you know, and then you, he brings it right back to like, you know you know, the current state of affairs. And then he takes you over to like, you know, how he feels when, you know, he's doing his day to day dailies back to, you know, current feeling. And, um, 
<laughs> I wish he would have wrote that song if he if he'd gotten some writer's cred, right? Because like everyone samples that song in hip hop or it appears in so many movies, yeah. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, shady writers and producers or what you know, but yeah. still, it is what it does is. It make, does does sampling make you upset? Sampling no does not make me upset because at the end of the day, it does rapidly what I'm in the process of trying to do, which mm. is keep his memory alive. Okay. Keep his name afloat okay. and cause people to go, okay, wow, that came from him. Mm. I wonder what else he did oh. or what else he's got. Ah. Same thing with, uh, with my EP, you know, um, these are not quote unquote traditional Bobby blue band hits, right? You know, these are songs that, you know, appeared in his live set. Yes. Songs that he popularized that, you know, were singles. Um, but I think the, av- uh, and, and, and please no disrespect intended to any of his fans that may uh, be listening to this, but I didn't want to, come out with ain't a love in the heart of the city or further up the road or I pity the fool or turn on your love light, you know, yeah, their quote unquote hits. Right. Now granted, um, I have played those songs with, with my guys and not saying you can't do them, but we've done them. Right. You know, and for this particular maiden voyage, you know, I wanted to, go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go and I'm not going to go where they or anyone else expects me to go or wants me to go. I need to go how I need to go. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had the saying, um, you know, if I said, Hey man, what do you think about if I did this or, or what do you think if I, son, I can't pick no shade tree for you to sit under, <laughs> <laughs> which is code for, I can't tell you what to do mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. I can tell you maybe how to do it or how to go about approaching it. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And still a lot of times, even at 44 and a half, I wish I readily retained so much of what he tried to Drilling in my thick skull, my jug, as he would call it. Yeah. Um, and he would say the same thing about himself. Like, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get this to this thick jug of mine. And he goes, you got one too. (laughs) But now, you know, you're teaching and going back to that whole thing, you know, you're teaching it and now it's coming out. Like like in the most inopportune times, like it's like, oh, I get it. Dang it out of my head. (laughs) Anyway, uh, speaking of, of going in the places you will go, we're going to go to some places when it comes to this top five list. Oh Uh, boy. You brought it up. I blame you for it. Uh, And well, it is your fault because it is your top five list. Uh, The Rod Bland top five list and uh, more details on this new EP next. Hang on. This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. Check out the latest episodes at my3subspodcast.com and on the iHeartRadio app. 
Reverberations heard around the world. This is the Memphis Reverb. Oh, it's my favorite time of the show. Because, and and uh, you get a little deeper taste of, of who you are, what oh, you're listening to, what man. your habits are. It is the Rod Bland Top 5 right now. We're counting them down. Countdown. Okay. And at number five, strap on for this one because this is uh Wow. It's a- uh, Choice of words, sir. All right. Well, listen, it, you're going to be on a roller coaster ride, so get the harness ready. All right. <laughs> All right. That's, 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 that's five right there. That's five. Here we go. Starting it out is Pearl Jam Immortality. Not mad. Ooh, a live one. Yeah. Nice. From the year 2000. Yeah, I can tell that's that's a Keplinger snare drum, yeah. Matt Cameron. I, I know this because he would uh, he likes using Kepi snare drum. Shout out Matt Cameron. Shout out Greg Keplinger, and shout out Jack Irons. <laughs> shout out my guy David Abrazis, who was the drummer on record for Vitology Immortality. Yeah, beautiful song. Yeah, you know. Good Those stuff. three guys have, you know, their own unique takes on. Do you think that the band changed dramatically with each drummer or they just kind of? Yeah, because like each, you know, each drummer is different. You know, uh, each drummer has their own signature style and, and influence. And uh, the only thing uh, that they may have in common is that I'm such a fanboy <laughs> of of all of them. So I yeah. don't engage in those uh you know who's the better drummer? Yeah, uh, he hit harder I, on two and four. Yeah, I you know <laughs> everyone came in and played their position uh, for whatever time they had, mm-hmm. and I don't say I love either one more than the other. Uh, you know, spoken I, like a true father. <laughs> 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 All right, that's, that's you know that's that's eight. So like, yeah, we can't leave out Dave Cruzen, who was the uh, the OG drummer with Pearl Jam, and I'm blessed to to say that um, that I can say that I have a pretty good friendship with. Uh, all of them, uh, Cruzen, Abrazis, Irons, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so much in fact that uh, during the pandemic, I reached out to to Jack and, and, and Cameron about, you know, some advice regarding the CP yeah. and, and what I'm doing. And um, I remember I... Uh, did the, what was their response? It was it was good. It was yeah. I had some kind words of encouragement, and then um, Abrazis, you know, we check in with each other from time to time on 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 the on Facebook, and we were just talking. And originally, I had this wild hair that I wanted to do what you're doing, host mm-hmm. podcasts, and yeah. I had like a format I had in mind. So I was reaching out to different people, like, hey, if I do this, would you want to? You know, would you? chime in and be a guest in the waters. Yeah. 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 And you know, David was like, yeah, man, of course I got you brother, you know, blah, 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 blah. And like, what are you doing? Are you, you, you safe down there? I was like, well, you know, and at the time that we were talking, um, you know, I, I just had, 
my bout with COVID mm-hmm. and everything. And I said, well, I'm working on uh, releasing a record and, you know, if you want to check it out, here's a Dropbox. And, you know, I sent it to him and then like, an hour later, he posted on Facebook, oh, my, you know, Rod Bland's got some great new music coming out. You guys stay tuned. I'm like, great. Here we go. And I was like, okay. Um, Not my point. You know, uh, I, I wasn't quite ready for the for the rub, but I, yeah. I got it from him. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. And um, now you got to do it. Yeah. So, like, you know, being able, like, I, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I heard of these illustrious great drummers, and I met Dave Wazen, uh, I think I was a junior in high school, mm-hmm. and he was so nice to me. Yeah, and he was sick as a dog on his way out of the Coliseum to get on the bus and you know make the next uh, make the next town. Yeah, and um, it's a friendship that has from 1994 to present day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I met Matt Cameron in 2000 and we've, you know, been friends ever since yeah. to present day. I didn't get to meet Dave Cruzen until sometime, you know, 2014. Same thing. We're friends. We, we, uh, exchange, uh, you know, not just pleasant pleasantries yeah. and, and and other things like when I was in LA uh, on on working with Reverend Sean Amos, I text him like, "Hey man, uh, one of the few things I love about LA," and I, I sent him a picture of uh, a fat burger and what I and like my burger I had. Yeah, and he goes. I think I'm gonna have that tomorrow. Right, <laughs> thanks a lot. So uh, and then you know. I met Cruzen through social media first, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Jack Irons. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to meet Jack in person until he came to Memphis with the Chili Peppers, opening up on their uh, most recent tour. Yeah, and you know Chad and I are, are, are friends. You know he comes to town and sits in, and we hang out, and you know he tests my liver. Um, <laughs> so Jack had just finished his set and. Chad came to get me out of the crowd. I was like, hey, Chad, um, you think you can introduce me to Jack? <laughs> He's like, ah, I don't know, man. I, you know, don't be weird. I know you like Jack. You know, I see, he's like, I see your Twitter post, you know. You, yeah. So we come around the corner. It's it's Chad, myself, and uh, my friend Lisa and her cousin Whitney. And, and Chad's like, Jackie, yo. Hey Chad, and, you know, he looks up. Hey Rod, and I'm like, <gasps> Jack Irons just said my name. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do the uh, the Martin Lawrence stomp, like, <laughs> yeah. Jack just said my name, right? You know, and uh, so I had to, I, I, I like had to really choke back that fanboy. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, well, the you know the adage never meet your heroes kind of thing or, or don't meet, you know, people you look up to that, that hasn't and really so far that has not, not applied to me. Good. Um, good. and I, I, I'm, I'm blessed and, and, and really appreciative that, you know, uh, some of the musicians, whether it be drummers or guitar players that I've had the, the, the fortune of meeting have, been kind enough and gracious with their time. And I don't like taking up right a lot of time because, you know, 
they got things to do. But you get it. You're a musician. You get it. You're not like you know a, a fan. Yeah, but but it's saying, it, okay, but well. it's still like. Here's a good story. When I was a kid, Mick Jagger used to come see my dad play, mm-hmm. and you know. My dad's then guitar player, Mel Brown, they were close with Mick and Keith. And he's like, please introduce us. Please introduce us. We want to meet Bobby and, you know, sit in. So finally it happened. And, you know, I'm like five years old. I'm like singing drum set. Right. And Mick's on stage doing his thing. He's got his harmonica. And he comes over to behind where I am next to the other drummer. And he blows his harmonic in my ear. Yeah, he wasn't like maliciously trying to do it. You know, he just like mm, doing his thing. And like, um, this little kid, I'm like, what the man, what are you what are you my you know? <laughs> yeah. And like at that time, I didn't know the Mick Jagger. Who Mick Jagger is per se, you know, in the stones. And then as I got older and then, you know, I'd see on TV or whatever magazine and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mick came and sat in with us, you know? Yeah. That's the guy that in my ear, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So you fast forward, this was 2018. Mick was in Memphis mm-hmm. and I happened to be downtown on Beale and he was having a, a private dinner at, at blue city. They put up, this carp, this tarp and curtain where no one could see him underneath that pink Cadillac. Right. So I found out he was there and you know, he naturally he has security. So I introduced myself to the security guard. I said, you know, my name is Rod Bland. Uh, my father is Bobby Blue Bland. And if at all possible, I'd like to say hi to Mr. Jagger. Yeah. And uh, told him the story. Yeah. Of what happened, and he said, uh, "Just a minute." And he went in there um, through the curtain. Please bring him in. Bring him, in. you know. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, he, you know, the good old days pre-pandemic. You know, shook his hand. He was. Uh, he, he now shaking hands is when two people embrace their hands together. <laughs> it, when, it's been so long. When one hand and uh, <laughs> captures another hand, ah, yes. and there's a an exchange of sweat. <laughs> That's seven. We're going to skip six. It's seven. Uh, So we shook hands and, you know, he was holding court. Uh, Kevin Kane was there Mm. and a couple other people. And he, I loved your father. And, you know, Mm. he talked about, I don't know what possessed me to want to sit in. And I I thought I could sing like Bobby. And, you know, Mm. that's probably the worst Mick Jagger impression ever. But um, I felt it. And I, I, um, I said, well, I heard you were here and I wanted to come say hello and speak. And I wanted to say thank you. And he's like, for what? I said, you gave an unknowing five-year-old kid one of the greatest rock and roll experiences ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know, I'm a blue singer's son. Mm-hmm. I quote unquote blues cred. I got it. Right. 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 But, you know, everyone that knows me, like I said earlier, got such an itch for rock and roll. Uh, You know. Yeah. All things rock and roll, pretty much I like Mm -hmm. and embrace and love. And to be able to say that I had a moment with Mick Jagger. (laughs) On stage. Right. Right. You know. (laughs) 
People, you performed with him. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, so add that to the to Yeah, the it, that, now that's a hell of a loophole way hey, of man. spinning it. Hey, yeah, man. but like, hey, you know, it is what it is. You were there. Was I on stage playing drums? Yes. yes. Was Mick Jagger there too? Yes. yes. Check and check. Right. You know, it's so. the resume, man. You know, it, it's, it, he, I said, you gave me a really cool memory and I will never forget it. And thank you. And by the way, if I ever do like a tribute for my dad, would you like to be involved? <laughs> like I could, I didn't, I didn't miss that opportunity. Yeah. Good. Um, good. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to, but you know, yeah. um, so we did, we did the whole photo thing and I posted it on Instagram, you know, like a true, like a true Mark would. Yeah. Um, and uh, sure enough, I end up getting some kind of uh, communication from Rolling Stone. They wanted to talk to me about like what was going on and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just told them the story and, you know, there you have it. Um, it's the same thing like when Slash sat in with my dad. Yeah. You know, I met Sla- Slash. He was doing the... B.B. King's 70th birthday thing, which mm, was at the Orpheum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That was in 95. Something like that. Um, uh, that was a big to-do, man. Yeah, because see, what was going on is this big thing at the Orpheum. And meanwhile, B.B.'s band was on stage, like, you know, yeah. playing. Yeah. You know, so they ran through, like, you know, a lot of band tunes and stuff. And then, you know, B.B.'s camp, operated with uh walkie talkies so you know they knew you know when to start and when to you know stretch things out blah 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 so it's a big party big thing um but i was like you know i gotten a chance to get contact with uh his manager at the time to because i wanted to see slash a stink pit because i thought matt sorum was going to be playing drones but oh, it was yeah. a guy called uh brian tishi uh, playing drums, but they were in town in Memphis. There was the start of the snake pit tour and he was there for like, like a full week or so, but you know, oh, wow. I'm still in high school. I can't, you know, run around and whatnot. Right. But anyway, a uh, thing called life, this little thing called parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, we, we met and like, he had a death grip of a handshake. Really? Yeah. I was like, Ugh. I noticed that about a guitar player though. Man, Slash's hand, handshake is strong. Yeah. So you fast forward, you know, we, we meet and, you know, whatever. And then the following year, 1996, my dad was playing the Long Beach Blues Fest. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, been kind of calling his manager, like, you know, because I thought it'd be a cool thing for if my dad had Slash play with him too. Yeah. And sure enough, Slash was, was into the he was into the idea. At first, he was not going to do it because he had something else he, he was supposed to go do. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I think this sounds more fun. <clears throat> and so, when you're Slash, you can make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he came to the to Cal State, brought the top hat. <laughs> you know, gym shorts, like you know yeah. from. PE class, you know, right. those, those high joints, Yeah, Chuck Taylor's and like, you know, he asked for a tuner. My dad, I don't think he explained, I don't think my dad heard him properly. He thought he meant like a tech as someone to tune oh, his guitar. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't have those such luxuries, son. <laughs> so my dad's guitar player, like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. So he slash came up and sat in and, you know, it was covered in Rolling Stone and I, the caption read, 
bland and a disturbingly fit looking slash, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and, in that roundabout way, yeah, I play with slash. <laughs> there you go. Uh, check and check. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm such a proponent of rock and roll and blues and, and I love the hybrid that certain guys, certain artists, I should say, you know, are able yield. to pull off. Yeah. But you know, like, like you kept, you kept mentioning him, um, Gary Clark Jr. Uh, good friend. Um, Samantha Fish. Well, this land, man. I'm, I'm. All that record is that yeah. record is great. But uh, there was one of my the video's fi- weird. It's the very video, poignant. I can't, I can't watch it. It's it's it makes me it's it raw. Me, yeah, it's raw. It's, and it's real. <laughs> it's raw and it's real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so G, I, I keep watching that video. By the way, I I, I just don't want to. I keep watching that video, and I see I went down to school down in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So you pass some of those. <laughs> Houses, we'll say, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and like, do I know that house? I don't think I know that house. I don't think. I hope I don't know that house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something else. Um, I mean, it's true, but you know. Anyway, uh, let's let's continue on and, and let's stay with the rock because you stayed with the rock in at number four, Soundgarden, blow up the outside world. God, I was so close to meeting Chris Cornell that night that they played Memphis at the... Was it the Coliseum? No, it was uh, Music Fest in 2017. Yeah. I, I, you know, because of my friendship with Matt, Mm -hmm. you know, he made sure I was taken care of and... um, Music Fest is so hard to meet anybody though. Unless you, unless you know somebody. Yeah. But even then everybody's like everywhere. People are jumping off of scaffoldings and stuff backstage and it's, it's a zoo back there. (laughs) Yeah. Mildly. Everybody is everywhere. But it was, it it was cool. uh, Except for the fact that I had pulled the groin muscle the night before no. I was walking and uh, I slipped on something slimy and I had the Luigi thing happen happening uh, with my legs. Yeah. Like I wouldn't fall. I wouldn't take that L. Yeah. But so, it still did the damage. Oh, it did so much damage. Bro. And so my friend and I, uh, Nikki, we went and saw Joe Walsh mm. at Graceland live. He yeah. was doing a solo performance and it's a Sunday. And then we were going to go see Soundgarden Mm -hmm. because I'd never seen Soundgarden live. Mm. And, you know, we thought that they were on the stage close to silly goose, you know, down on the river. Oh yeah. Right. No, all the way over, all the way down riverside. Um, and so I missed the first three or four songs Mm -hmm. and, uh, Matt had Paul Orkowski, uh, waiting outside the gate just swinging two lanyards or whatever <laughs> now mind you I'm I'm limping yeah and walking and then one of our one of our mutual friends sees us as he's driving he's like hey you guys all right it's like no can you drop us off and he's like yeah I got you come on so you know it would have been like halfway through the set by the time we would have gotten there you limped up there <laughs> yeah so like you know he drops us off at like right there at Riverside you know where they block everything off. Yep, yep. 
And the guy literally is like right there on the right there. So yeah, we walk down the little hill and get over and he's like, Hey, it, Oh wow. You okay? <laughs> I'll be okay. Just get me some place where, you know, so I'm watching the show, like, uh, leaning up on, um, some road cases so I can see Matt and I see, uh, Kim Thale, when he comes back towards his amp and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know Chris came back to interact with Matt and his in his speakers and stuff, and I'm like, I'm watching Soundgarden. I'm watching Soundgarden. It's right happening. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't walk worth a damn, but I'm but I'm here, man. I'm yeah, experiencing right. It. And so the last song that they played in the set was "Blow Up the Outside World," mm-hmm. and uh, it's. It's not exactly the most happy-go-lucky, no. you know, topic and 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 song, obviously, right? Uh, and and I don't, but it just a lot of times it when speaks, I'm man, a lot of times when I'm upset or and there have been times when I'm happy, like certain the BS, the nonsense, the white noise you hear coming at you, and you just like you know, just I just want to blow up the outside world, <laughs> yeah, you know, man. just. Yeah shut all that out but anyway yeah it's a great song um and 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 that number four it's 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 it gets it gets play time it gets spins yeah yeah and and in my uh streaming and whatnot we mentioned his name quite a few times uh in the interview you started it i did start it you started it it. is my fault but here in your countdown in at number three mr gary clark jr hey gee i walk alone Right. Like, especially like the way it starts and uh, the whole way through, just the first time I heard that, I was like, he's a scary. I was like, yes. I just, <laughs> that reminded me like, of, you know, it, it had elements of Prince to me. Mm, yeah, no, I hear that. I feel that, too. Uh, he's he is one of those artists, though. Like we, we talked about that amalgamation thing. Mm-hmm. Blues rock, man. He's he's got it. He's got it. And a perfect segue into number two, uh, which just so happens to be your godfather. I know that guy. (laughs) B.B. King, Chains and Things. Well, nothing is going right this morning. Mm, Nothing. The whole world is wrong, it seems. Oh, I guess it's the chains that bind me. I can't shake or lose these chains and things. And when the drums come in, like talk about grooving, yeah, man. Um, but that laid back feel, I mean, it's blues, it's it's blues, uh, but like the uh, some would construe that as soulful Mm -hmm. blues, which is you know what. Not quite on the beat, just hanging off the beat on it's, the It's 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 behind the beat. It's 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 groove. It's you know, not so much 
danceable, but you can you can you can you, you can move, it, you yeah. can move to it. No, yeah, it's right. gonna you, you can groove. Um, or as BB will say, well, you can shake your boogie to it. You can <laughs> sh- you can you can shake something, shake something. She <laughs> got it, shake it. Uh, all right, let's go to number one, and uh, I think this one's on the album, isn't it? No. Is this one not on the album? That one's not on the album. Okay. But you brought it up in conversation uh, for sure. Bobby Blue Bland in at number one with Yolanda. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. That's that's pure unadulterated funk. I love it. I love it. I played along with that song. So, hey, listen, there you go. Can I have my hall pass? (laughs) I can peer in the window at least. We used to play. No, no lie, though. We used to play in high school. We used to uh, put on like. Funk uh, songs, Bobby Blue Bland and stuff like that. And that's how we learned how to riff in jazz band. Really? Yeah. No lie. We'd play along uh, to like those, you know, tracks and stuff. We'll we'll take your membership on advisement. (laughs) No need. I'm I'm trying to ratchet my way. (laughs) I want to be a cool kid. So bad. You're trying to grease your way in there. I get it. I get it. <laughs> the, but Rod Bland and the members only band, uh, the Live on Beale Street, a tribute to Bobby Blue Bland. Uh, it is out now. Uh, definitely worth the listen. The links are in the description. Go buy the entire album. There's not one that you're going to sit there and, and probably skip through or or even say, eh, it's just uh, one of those uh, do not skip kind of uh, albums. So uh, definitely listen to Live on Beale Street, a tribute to Bobby Blue Bland. Uh, Rod, it has been a pleasure. It's been a blast. Thank you, man, man. Thank you. The amount of just wealth of knowledge. Golly, those kids at the School of Rock are, <laughs> I mean, do they know what they have? Uh, you know what? I think some of their parents have been instrumental in, you know, maybe pointing out that they- <laughs> You know what the hell you're talking about? <laughs> they, they may they may or may not be lucky to, to have me or to, you know- be accessible to me like yeah I, I had this one student his name is uh sebastian stevens uh and is, is he's such a wonderful kid yeah wonderful young man and he gives me fits about being a musician because not only is the boy playing drums straight out playing drums but he's also playing left-handed bass he's playing uh, he's playing guitar he's playing keys <laughs> Uh, I think he's playing sax as well. Be bad at something. <laughs> he was he was taking Berkeley College of Music college courses over the summer during the pandemic last year. Uh, he was engaging. He was, he was studying with Victor Wooten. What? And like he he made he made he made what? <laughs> he made Victor Wooten pop uh, during uh, one of their Zoom sessions. Are you kidding me? He 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 asked him, he who's on your shirt? And it's you know, 
Small small boys voicing Bobby Blue Band. Um, what do you know about him? He's a blues singer, and his son, his son is my drum teacher. He's my Tio, uh, you know, uncle, and like I call him Primo. You know, yeah. I did. the kid, the family, great, great human beings. Wow. Um, and the kid's killing it. He's out in Utah now, participating in um, the School of Rock uh, play. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then I got another kid. Um, Rocky, his uh, <laughs> Rocky popped so hard when I told him that, hey man, you know, I got a record coming out. He goes, oh, you're going to be famous. <laughs> like, well, maybe, but um, I just want to let you know. I kind of um, already am. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I never, never say that, never do that. But I told a kid, I said, hey, just so you know, um, I get my record. There's a thing called thank yous, like in the liner notes, you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I may have, you know, put your name in there with some other kids. Oh and, and, like, the look on his face was just, like, priceless. Yeah. And, like, you know, I gave him a copy of the new Living Blues magazine. Uh, it's a drummer's issue, but I'm one of the drummers featured. Yeah. And I gave it to him. He said, oh, my God, you're going to be fa-. I'm like, nah, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm a musician. Because I, I want them to know that just because... You put out a record, or you are on a record, or you're in a magazine, whatever. Doesn't that's not that does not equal equate famous, or you're you're gonna the 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 rocket ship is strapped to you, and you're shooting off to the stratosphere, and you be like rich. This no, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you were fortunate enough to have a product, and you know you're you're trying to push it and whatnot. So anyway. Uh, Rocky and a few other uh, of my kids that I've I've taught and that I've gotten close to with with them and their families, you know, um, are mentioned in my in my thank yous as well as uh, once again, uh, Sally Bingston, the president of Nola Blue Records, Betsy Brown with Blind Raccoon, um, our mutual friend Street Savvy Unlimited, uh, Wheaton KG, uh, you know you. <laughs> wow, that voiceover was something. It was eerie. It was great. Yeah, it, it, uh, you, you did you did good work. Um, but to, to, to finish up with the kid Rocky, his mom messaged me uh, a couple days ago that he would be missing today's lesson and you know next week's as well. And obviously, they're going to miss the you know the the release show, yeah, uh, release party show. And uh, she said. You mean the world to him. (laughs) And he's over the moon that you put his name in in your... I'm like... And I... You know, you don't do things for reactions or certain things like that. You know, you just... Like... Those... That 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 was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That kid, like, one day, like, overheard in passing that my birthday was coming up. You know, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. And he's got a twin. So his twin, his mom, and dad are sitting up front in the lobby. You know, our, our job as teachers, like, you know, you go to the lobby and greet your student, bring him back with sure. you. Sure. So I think this was 2018. There's like a thing of cupcakes. <laughs> that we all had, yeah, you know, um, yeah. a gift bag with like 
you know, I always give gum to the kids because I'm a gum chewer. Mm. There's some gum in there, some really cool, like, socks. Oh, nice. And, like, I'm like, I was not prepared for this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the kid and his parents, uh, along with uh, other kids and their parents, you know, they show me appreciation and, and love uh, beyond what I do, what I get, you know, paid to do, right. you know, and I guess I am somewhat personable with the kids and, and try to be as accessible to them, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, restraints, you know, you yeah. I, I don't give my number to kids for them to text me and call me right. all after the night or whatever. But like they're what really, doing? yeah. Hey, Mr. Rod, what are you doing? Are you on PlayStation? Right. You know, we don't have that thing happening. Fortnite. Yeah. No. It's I'm a firm. Whatever that Fortnite dance was, oh I gosh. outlawed that you in my me, room. Bro, you and me. We but are like friends. Rocky, Rocky would come in and, and do the thing like the floss. I think they call it. I'm like. He goes. He goes. Can you floss? He's like, yeah. And I and I grab like some floss, and I, you know, he's like, yeah. No, that's not what I'm talking. Oh, that's the only floss that I know, kid. Right, right. But like, what's great is I have a five year old who can't floss, mm-hmm. but he tries to floss, and is the funniest thing ever. So that's the only. Looks reason like why. he's drying off. And he's like, when he's coming out of the shower, like on Dexter's laboratory, right? <laughs> Which is the only reason why I encourage it, because it is pure, unadulterated entertainment for me. Yeah, you do it to make yourself pop. You should be ashamed of yourself. Right. But it's like little things, man. But it's. So, so, like, working at School of Rock, I uh, I have created relationships and uh, that I ordinarily probably would not. Yeah, that's so uh, cool. have. Yeah, um, I got a student who's like you know probably our age, if that. He's an adult. Uh, you know, talking about trying to pop, get me to pop, or get me uh, to spring a leak in the eyes. Um. He had a gift bag for me yesterday. Yes. Yesterday, as in like uh, Tuesday. Um, so I said, uh, "You always come to lessons now with bags, right?" Like yeah. you know, I, I, I ribbed him one day. It's like, "Hey, man, you're like the only adult I teach. If you're gonna show up, like, and keep me here and make me miss Young Rock, you know, at least bring some." You know, Tequila or like some, you know, I'm, I'm talking trash because, you know, we don't allow, we don't do that. Right. So, and that's mainly because there's these uh, kids that were singing this really creepy song and they were singing it in an even creepier voice. And I was like, oh, God, I need something, you know. Yeah. Right. Which I don't, but like, you know, I'm entertaining, right? You got to make those, those faces and those voices. Read the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, shout out to Greg Akers for attempted, uh, Blaspheme, trying to make me uh, spring a leak. <laughs> dust got, dust got in Roddy's eyes. Right. Um, he had a gift bag, and inside that gift bag was a bottle of Dwayne Johnson's Terramana Tequila Reposado. Uh-huh. Wow! I said, "What? What is this?" He goes, "Oh man, it's not every every day or every week that you release your first record." I'm like, "Oh man, that's All right." <laughs> so I'm like, "You." Dirty so and so. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to pop. You're trying to get me to blubber. I'm, I'm, nah, I'm not breaking. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And so I pulled uh, a teacher, 
into the room. I was like, do you see this? Yeah. You know, and I like, wow, that's cool. And uh, I remember I told the GM, he's like, man, that's, see, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You, you've like, you got like, a, you've impacted a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I talked, you know, about trash. I'm like, man, I cannot turn from some of you people. What? And he, and GM would go, man, people like you. Yeah. And we like, and we love having you here and you know, blah, 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 you know. But anyway, uh, I also, Noticed uh, when I brought it home last night, there's a card too. Uh, <laughs> Thank God you didn't read the card. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I told I told him that day. I said um, I'll I'll address the contents of this bag yeah. Sunday at the release party. Yeah, uh, we'll probably have a small moment for a Terramana toast. Yeah, uh, amongst the amongst the band, the musicians. Uh, and I said, you know, well, I'll have to include you. Yeah. This is going to be weird. Like, hey, can we get like 12 uh, short glasses with like some ice, please? <laughs> We're going to have a little Terramana toast. You know. Beautiful. They're going to be like, you know, we got tequila here. We got out. You know, no, 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 this, no, is, this is special. Not the well stuff. We're good. Uh, it is out now. I'm talking about the EP known only as Live on Beale Street, a tribute to Bobby Blue Bland. He is Rod Bland. He's got his members only band, and it is worth it. Thanks so much for coming in. Uh, best of luck. Don't be a stranger, my friend. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll, I'll think about it. The Memphis Reverb Podcast, hosted by Brody Scott, recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more episodes by searching Memphis Reverb.